What am I? I don't mean that question in the grand cosmic sense, we'll save that for a different episode. Are you familiar with the concept of the elevator pitch? If not, here's the general idea. Picture yourself in an elevator with someone of some renown, your boss or something like that, and you have an idea to try to sell them on. But you only have until that person leaves the elevator. 20 to 30 seconds. The precious few moments to get your point across and sell them on the idea is the elevator pitch. But what's your elevator pitch for yourself? Have you ever thought about it? If not, I'll bet you've at least given one when faced with the following question that we all hear from time to time. And what do you do? How do you earn a living? What's your day job? Where it feels the basis of your identity and being is completely wrapped up in how you spend your prime 8 to 10 hours a day. I hit the old Googles to see if I could figure out, on average, how many Americans are satisfied with their jobs. As you can imagine, you can find a metric to suit whatever argument you want to give. But regardless of the percentage, there's a lot of unhappy people. But I also wonder if the lack of job satisfaction stems from people not really liking their own elevator pitch of themselves. What we do to make a living is what we learned we can do to make a living. But it isn't what really drives us. There's something else we'd rather be. I found myself exploring that very notion recently. There was, and currently is, a lot of stress and frustration for me in my job right now. For some context, know that I am recording this intro on June 10th. The main body of this episode was recorded April 15th, and my burnout began two weeks before that. I was seriously asking myself, not whether I wanted to be at my place of employment or not, but whether or not I even wanted to continue in my career of web development. I've been doing web development since I was 16. The first website I built was for my guild in the very first Diablo game in 1997, complete with animated fire gifs or gifs, however you prefer to say it, and Metallica's Fade to Black in MIDI format as the background music. Ah, back when the internet was fun. Anyway, that's over 20 years making websites and developing web applications, and suddenly I found myself asking, is this really how I want to spend the next 20 to 30 years? With this question on my mind, I sat down with my friends Chris Nays and Mike Daffron. You may know Mike as a co-host on our other podcast, Watchers on the Couch. I've known Mike for about 18 years since we worked together on an independent pro wrestling show here in St. Louis. Chris Nays of the Bacon and Nays show I've known almost as long. He was a fan of the wrestling show, and through mutual connections, I got to know Chris better when I recorded his band's album in 2003 to get my bachelor's in audio production. During working hours, Mike, Chris, and I are all in very different fields, but I was curious whether or not they've had similar feelings to mine. Do they ever feel weighed down? Trapped? Were they doing what they really wanted to do for a living, and if not, did they know why not? Or did they have any plans to change direction down the road? This is Beard versus Evil.
I was... I don't know if it was the weather lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did have a... We had quite a long period where it was gloomy for a long time. Those last couple days were wearing on me, too. Like, we've had a pretty damn long winter here. Mm-hmm. It's a little stressful at work, and I don't go into my my day job stuff too much, but I really wanted to leave my job. <laughs> and it's not because I don't like my job. I do like my job. It's the one of the things where, like, I've got all this other stuff that I want to do that's driving me, and I don't really... I've always liked doing the the web development stuff, but it's like I like to do it on my terms. And when you're doing it for somebody else for so long, it's not on your terms anymore. And it was like, why am I doing this? Do I even want to do this anymore? And I was I was listening to this thing. Um, I think it was Gary Van, Vaynerchuk uh, was talking about how people that live for the weekends annoy him because it's like, what's going on in your life Monday through Friday? that the weekend is the release and it's your time to actually like do things that motivate you like you that's that's the majority of your life that you're like hating yeah shouldn't you be able to enjoy something about every day yeah exactly and but instead you have this well and it, i think it kind of permeates like in our american culture work our work culture it's like everybody lives for the weekend like you said everybody mm-hmm waits for those couple of days that they get to themselves and don't really view the five days a week that they also have to themselves. They don't not have the, like you have some time to yourself. You should be able to enjoy that time. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you hate your job so much, can you truly enjoy your life? Yeah. Not even hate your job, but you just don't have a passion for it. Yeah. 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 Passions lie elsewhere. Right, but you you stay you stay where you are because it's a steady paycheck, mm-hmm. which is it's a rough situation to be in, and I'm not entirely sure how one goes about navigating it. It's really hard to just do this stuff sometimes with a day job. Um, trying to come up with episodes all the time, mm-hmm. finding the time to edit it and get it out there, and then promoting it. I suck at like I still suck at promoting things. I do too. I don't know how to promote a podcast <laughs> at all. I think you're kind of in a weird time uh, as far as being ha- being able to have so much access to the world mm-hmm. and other people and what they're doing and not just having this small group of where you are, where you live, who your friends are, uh, this tight little community kind of doesn't exist anymore. So now you get to see everybody who's doing something, everybody who's successful, like, you can see all these people that are doing things and doing things and be like, oh, that'd be really cool to see or do. Uh, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was doing that. Or you see the more extreme things that people are doing, um, just being more successful in a way or just doing what they want. The successful stories. And then the network, even of yourself, is way, way bigger than anything I think people have experienced really. Like, uh, at least for in me. In the past, you mean? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since- yeah it'd be like before the internet and social media, mm-hmm. and, you know, and like YouTube, and you can fucking watch anything and well, that's also- interact with anybody. You can interact with the world. Uh, and I don't know if people are happier, you know, yeah. before that. I, I think it's also troubling, though, when but you look at But there is another that. troubling thing, I think. I know it is for me. In my opinion, just seeing other things on social media... Uh, other people's lives and I'm like oh fuck I'm just doing this 
I'd rather be doing this. It's hard to see, I guess, benefits of what you really got. Mm-hmm. You know, being happy just kind of where you are. And I don't think you should just be like, well, I got this. This is good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it at that. Even if you take like the, oh, people like working for the weekend. It's pretty fucking awesome that you can just go to work like five days a week and then you have time off. Like you're not just working every single day nonstop. I don't know. Say like 1930s or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Even before then. Let's say like, oh, in 1800s or something. And I don't like making those comparisons either. Like, well, that, compared a, to this shit, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. everything's great. Of course, if you compare it to shit. I'd rather compare it to, to the best thing mm-hmm. and then strive for that. One of the things from like those time periods is that not everybody had to work back then. You didn't need to have like dual income households just to have a roof over your head like you do now. Well, I don't know. Even if you go back to like our parents' time period, like when they were our age, the amount that they could buy a house for was so much lower than mm-hmm. what it right. what Co- costs now. Cost yes. of living was way lower. And that's that's even here in St. Louis, where like this is the best cost of living area I think there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does any of you guys ever watch that? Like any of those like home improvement shows? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, our budget's like a million dollars, and their house is like tiny, like what they're going for. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, how much that house costs? I'm like, what the fuck? And then two. How do you have a budget for a million fucking dollars? Right. He's a sandwich maker and she's a vlogger. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, my perspective on uh, what Tim was talking about. Um, I work an overnight factory job. Five, sometimes six days a week. Uh, I am... I mean, I'm very much in that weekend, weekday mode. You know what I mean? So, like... I get to the weekend, that is truly my free time to do whatever I want. Part of the reason you have to live for the weekend, quote unquote, is because you just work odd hours. Yeah, right. Like you're not, you're, your free time isn't the same time other people's free time. Sure, yeah. And and uh, how I kind of live with that fact is, like you said, is like, it pay, it's it, those old things, like it pays the bills, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, it also does help that, uh, the brass is not there when I'm there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel a little bit of freedom that way. Uh, I do get to listen to, uh, as much podcast or music as I want throughout the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's another huge plus. But, uh, even with my, I, like, I'm kind of in the same boat with you a lot of times. Like, I feel a kind of... Uh, longing or wanting for something more than I have, um, I and I and I I find that remedy in all this the extracurricular stuff that I get to do that I'm lucky to do get to kind of exercise my talent of playing drums a little bit when I can find people who are dedicated to doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes like. Even with the podcast, which I love to do most times, and uh, with the drums that I love to do most times, that, like, even those things that I like to do the most, I get super discouraged in. One of the things that, like, led me down this path was thinking about when you meet people, like, one of the one of the things they ask is, oh, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
you give them the answer, but you know it's really they kind of want to judge you as a person based upon what you do. Yep. So it was like one of those things like, what do I do versus like who I am? Like, I don't know if those two things necessarily match up all the time. Because I could say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a web application developer. And that's, that's a pretty, I mean, people, oh, that's interesting. And it's, it's, it's fairly lucrative. Um, I think it is an American sentiment to equate those two things, though. Like, what you do is what you are. Mm-hmm. Well, but as human beings, I mean, we do make stereotypes. And, like, that's just an easy go-to, I think, to ask somebody what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, conversation maybe, starter, conversation starter, maybe they'll give you a, uh, maybe a perspective on who that person is. doesn't mean it's true what yeah. that is, but then you continue conversation. If you would only want to know, oh, you're a web designer. Well, I'm going to make all these assumptions without having a conversation with you. Then, no, I think yeah, that'd be stupid. But if it's to judge like what your monetary value is in society as well. But I that think. can make another judgment too, just on uh, not if somebody wants to make a judgment on like, Oh, you only make this much. You suck as a person. You make this much. You're awesome. And like successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fucked up. But if somebody, but, it happens uh, a lot. but you could, you, you could extrapolate, uh, at least maybe somewhat of that person's life, maybe where they live, what houses they're in, or because uh, if you make a little amount of money, you might have more struggles with money. You know, you you could make some assumptions about somebody. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you're trying to judge if, if what you're saying, you know, if you're just making a little bit of money and someone's like, oh, you know, uh, he success must, based on yeah. money. He must not have tried hard enough. Yeah. Something like, know, like there's. It depends on the asker of the question. Yeah. What? How? What? Yes. Where they're leading towards as far as right. judgment based on what? Because there is know. a lot of people that are like, oh, everything is about. I have to make a lot of money and I have to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> blows my mind. Do you guys, would you guys consider your jobs more like jobs or careers? A job for me, but I've been there long term, so it depends on, it just depends on how you view it. Like, I certainly would, if I found something that uh, was comfortable for me and that I found was at least a little bit more fulfilling than what I do now, Mm -hmm. I would jump on it. Uh, For me, it's a career. Uh, but it's also a job just cause it's not really what I want to be doing or mm-hmm. would like to be doing. Uh, it's one of those things like it pays the bills mm-hmm. as the, one of the things I had been thinking about recently was the job versus career thing as somebody who, since you've had both, do you think there's less pressure if you just have a job as opposed to having a career? Uh, not for me. Okay. Not really for me. Just because of how I want to be at whatever job I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see myself now if I, if I was at a job that didn't have uh, the compensation I do get mm-hmm. or compensation for the future. I probably would be, I would probably do less than I used to do. Like, so I used to work at a golf course, golf course maintenance, and I really worked hard. And it wasn't a career thing, uh, but it was just in me to work hard, do the right thing, like 
try to make things better. And I went, I didn't have to, you know, I could have been lazy about it. I knew other people like worked at other golf courses and their stories about like, yeah, dude, my brother should smoked weed, like <laughs> race golf carts around. Yeah, yeah all yeah, kinds, of, yeah. you know. But uh, I could see myself kind of doing that now if I was in a position in something like that. Uh, but yeah, as far as where I'm at now, I wouldn't do that. Mm. One of the things that I'm running into in my career, quote unquote, is that when you've been doing this for a long time. There's new technologies that come out and there's also the ex- the expectation when you're in like a corporate like development environment, there's the echelon, there's the ladder you climb if you want to progress and make more money and what have you. And I'm nearing the top of that ladder. And if I want to get any further, well, there's, there's always, they always want you to continue learning things and I like learning things, but... One of the things is if you're when, when you get to the point where your passions lie elsewhere, in order to climb that ladder at the day job, you have to spend time outside of that day job in order to get up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Which means they're now taking more time out of the 40 hours a week that's like eating into your personal time if you want to quote unquote succeed or at least at least go up the ladder. So there's like this sensation of feeling trapped. Yeah. Well, and you wouldn't feel trapped if the passion for the work was still there. That's Mm -hmm. what I was going to say. Cause you wouldn't care about how much time you take. Cause it wouldn't really be work or working for somebody like this is what you want to do. You're going to spend as much time trying to learn about it and do it. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't make a difference if it was, off the clock in a way. And you also don't come across as a person that loves money. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like money. I, <laughs> I guess I don't really mean like, I don't, I, what I mean is like, you don't come across as a guy who's like, well, I'm here to make money and I'm going to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, and just by, <laughs> just by the virtue of the fact no. that you're saying, you money want more passion for the work that you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you're, you're not looking to make more money. You're looking to have more satisfaction inside yourself. Yes. And the job that I have is definitely more satisfying than it used to be. When uh, when it was owned by a different company, it was very soul-sucking, which sucked. And at least now for the past few years, I've felt a lot better about that. But it is one of the things, like, when you start to get more interests and you start figuring out what your passion is, like, what you want to do. And then you realize that day job is kind of a hindrance in order for you to give yourself 100% to, not necessarily 100%, but really enough to try to move the needle on that passion side of things. Really chase it down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I could personally attest to that balance because with the band stuff, I've always, especially since I've had this job, it uh, me working nights directly led to me leaving my old band because none of those guys were willing to compromise me on when we were going to jam whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, the the last band, Thorhammer, um, eventually it came to a point where one of the guys who is the main songwriter decided uh, my schedule is not going to work for him anymore either, so he fired me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm forced to chase down 
in other ways. You know what I mean? It's taken me a really long time. But uh, I, I, the the uh, the stick it out thing is kind of what I've just like laid back on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I get super discouraged and in that sometimes very far off balance thing between passion and and necessity of work, you know. I don't know if that helps you get to wherever your point was going to go, but I don't know. I just wanted to relate to you that I definitely agree. I or feel simpatico with your sentiment mm-hmm. of trying to find balance in a often changing uh, environment in that way. Right. You know, it sucks, but I feel like the goal of you chasing down your passions is a fucking great goal. That's something that everybody, even like somebody that loves work and loves making money, should still have something fucking else that they love to do on the side. Oh, that's that that they really get their fucking spending money, (laughs) (laughs) or just a big bank account. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) going they they never spend anything on going to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's an inside joke. Can you can you can you print me out an extra statement just so I can look at it? But yeah, no, what you're saying about money, it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I basically, yeah, I make money to afford to do passion stuff. It's yeah. basically what it is. Like, I've never been somebody that needs the latest and greatest gadgets. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about fast cars or fancy cars or anything like that. Yeah, you're not like a, you're not like a show-offy guy about money. You're just I wear the same clothes three days in a row. You like what you like, mm-hmm. man. You can, well, you can you come from a working class family too, so like that's it. It that just comes with the territory. You end up uh, exemplifying those, um, I you know those ideals or whatever. I do buy um, twenty dollar bags of coffee, but. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing well, wrong with buying good coffee. That's just good taste, literally. There's certain little twenty bag, whatever. I mean, that's not yeah. There's certain little things that you might spend a little more money on for right. you know. That I don't see that being. What twenty dollars bag of coffee for pumpkin flavored coffee? <laughs> I buy the premium coffee. And that makes me better than you. <laughs> I've never said it makes me better. No, no, no. It was, a, it was a joke voice, obviously. I think a lot of people in working class, pretty across the board, feel that way sometimes about the job. Mm-hmm. You know, even if like they went to school for, for a long time and like that's literally what they went to school for to do, you can still end up feeling unfulfilled by what you do. Well, that's the other thing is that you go to school. Like, you know, you have your grade school, you have high school. By the time you're in high school, you're kind of already needing to decide Mm -hmm. what you're going to do for the rest of your life. The pressure is immense. And then you have to go to college for it and spend a shit ton of money. Well, depending on what you go into, you go to college for it or a technical school or whatever and, like, spend a shit ton of money there. Mm -hmm. Now you're in debt. Yeah. And then, (laughs) then you're stuck in the job. But yeah, you spend all this time learning this thing like that you're supposed to ride into until your retirement years, mm-hmm. which is batshit crazy to expect of somebody who's still like mentally. Yeah, no, it's a compl- like, yeah, because if you're in high school, it's like, well, you better start thinking about what you want to do forever. It's like, how the fuck should I know? It's a completely unrealistic expectation put on every single person. Mm-hmm. I like when I. My uh, experience with that is I went to junior college. I took an extra year to do junior college because 
I was having a rough time with family stuff, and that just bled into me being kind of a mess. So, right after I finish that third year, I go into a, a university, and it, I bail because I can't handle the pressure of that. And I knew I was on like I was unequipped, unequipped, or however you say it, to handle that. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I at least had enough self-realization or whatever to realize that and i bailed and um it's something that i regret but at the same time like i i wouldn't have done well with what i was trying to do and i I felt like it was the right move you know and um yeah that pressure is, is 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 so hard to deal with and and uh it it takes a it takes a really strong person to be able to like stick through that amount of classes. This this actually happened to me. My student advisor straight up told me, "You cannot work a full time job and do this." And uh, being my in my background, like I didn't have a choice of whether or not I was going to work a full time job or at least as much hours as possible to pay the bills. I was already in debt, not being able to pay my bills like to pay for an apartment or anything like that Mm -hmm. so that's a whole nother level of pressure you know so it's just it's crushing yeah it's hard what would be more fulfilling to you chris what's what's your what's your dream scenario dream scenario is a practical one not like i win the lottery and move to the bahamas or something like that yeah i don't know let's jump on the lottery thing for a second okay I don't, I can't say for sure that, like, I would super enjoy not feeling like I had some kind of job or, like, career. Mm-hmm. Like, if that, that kind of freedom probably wouldn't be good for me mentally, because um, I'm I, former alcoholic speaking, uh, I could say... You give me a little bit too much rope, <laughs> and I, I kind of get a little crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, seriously, answering the question, um, I love playing music and I love podcasting. If I could do one of those two things for a living, mm-hmm. even if it just like paid for my bare necessities, but if I if it was equal to what I make now, to do either of those things or a combination of those two things, mm-hmm. golden. I could ask for nothing more. I like I don't money uh, truly means pretty much nothing to me besides that it's a necessity. I don't care about it. Um and be be and that might be a result of me being in the working class blue blue collar kind of ideals my entire life. I've worked since I was 15. I've never stopped working. I was out of work for 2 months at one point, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going on 13 years of fucking hard work. I feel like can just stick with that. And, but, but like I said, um, those things I love to do. So it feels like it's a no brainer, you know, what do you think's in the way of that actually being a reality? Well, uh, okay. So podcast market uh there are thousands at this point probably mm-hmm. um and you don't nex- necessarily have a niche i don't and that yeah trying to i and like we mentioned earlier i don't know if it was on this show or not how we were bad at um 
the advertising aspect, mm-hmm. uh, how to promote yeah. the podcast. Um, yeah, I just don't really know my way around. I feel like the people that get popular podcasts are already sort of semi-famous in some way before that. Like, they are a comedian, they are a movie star who does podcasting on the side. Like, uh, they're a fucking pro wrestler or something. I don't know, like... It seems like that's a better gateway into podcasting than just a Joe Blow. It's well, I think it definitely stacks the deck in your favor. But yeah. I think one of the things is even even if if you, you are one of those people, if you, you if you are one of those people, it yeah. stacks the deck in your favor because you already have the celebrity status to glom on to. Yeah, same time you can promote it in other people's podcasts as well. Yeah, that mm-hmm. are also famous because generally, like let's say if you're a comedian, yeah. You can go on other people's podcasts and say, "Hey, I have a podcast," and promote it. Mm-hmm. Kind of get making that connections, instant, uh, making at least connections a somewhat with, instant following. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making connections with other podcasters is a uh, very key thing. Um, I I try to do that on Twitter a little bit. I, I've had a couple of people from different podcasts on my show. Uh, I don't know if that's. I don't know if the 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 shortcomings on that stuff is necessarily in my way. It's probably more just not fi- like you said, like finding that niche, whatever that thing is that differentiate differentiates you from everybody else that makes you stand out from the pack. Like that's a thing that you're as a podcaster, you're constantly trying to chase down. Make a show unique. Make it worth listening to mm-hmm. make it worth people's time um and like we at you know we have fun i go by the kevin smith thing is like if you got something you want to say if you got a voice fucking use it and the other the other side of that coin is like well i don't know that everybody should have a podcast because some of them end up pretty shitty <laughs> <laughs> uh and i don't know i mean whether mine is shitty or not is up for debate and uh to be honest, like I got my day job, so I don't really care that much if people criticize what I do. I just kind of like like to do it at this point. And uh, if that is a shortcoming in itself, then it is. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Um, on the music side, that's such a and also like a shot in the dark sort of like you got to get lucky situation. Um, you try to work your angles with that too. You just try to do your best, make your best music you can, mm-hmm. and then play the shows. And then from there, um, yeah, it's it's that truly is like a uh, you got to get a strike of luck. You really, I mean, you really do because there's thousands of bands out there too. That's so. true, but there's other avenues, like because you're talking about like struggling to get people to play with. But I mean, technology kind of can bridge some of that oh totally yeah i've utilized that and i and i actually i find more success in working the friends and uh you know former show mates <laughs> angle um trying to go to craigslist trying to go to uh whatever kind of musician website usually doesn't end up working out you just you're not you don't have any well okay you may like the same bands or whatever but that doesn't mean you're gonna have a musical connection you know, that's that's also a lucky thing. You just get in the room with the person. If the things are working out, if the drums fit the fucking riffs, that's what that's it. You got it. It's just a it's a whatever magic formula, I guess. You get in there, shit's got to gel. It's really all comes to that 
down to that. And then from there, it's all kind of out in the open, you know, as what can happen after that. So basically what we're saying is the only thing keeping you from not living the dream is luck. <laughs> yeah. I, it, and that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow too. Cause like in the art world, there's literally an endless supply of people trying to do this stuff that we do, you know? There's a lot of shit out there too. Yeah. So... Yeah. I feel like I'm better than at least some podcasts or I'm better than at least some drummers. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of drummers out there that are successful just by playing by themselves to a camera on YouTube. That's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to play with people. I want to make a musical connection with people. So that is to me that is not making connection over a video feed but sometimes doing that leads to collaborations with other people totally and can i have i but i do keep my uh spectrum my view of this stuff very wide i don't put any i don't i don't i don't put a uh end point on the podcast i don't put a set end point on musical stuff I don't try to box it in whatsoever. I let things happen as they're going to happen. And if success comes, then it comes. And um, I do what I can to make it work. But uh, there is the, uh, as the thing we've been talking about before this is, uh, there's the American side of me, which is like, I just got to work hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It all I, it does kind of always go back to that. Is you just got to fucking work hard for whatever you want. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, I don't know. Nobody who's really successful was just like, yeah, I barely did anything. Yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking. They all fucking worked their asses yeah. off. Yeah. All made really hard sacrifices. For years. You know? Yeah. Uh, again, um, I listen to a lot of comedians, so there's, I, I can talk about that at least, like listening to comedians and like their stories, like. Oh, yeah, they all fucking lived out of a car. They have mm. to move here. They fucking barely can, you know, get a meal and barely get paid shit. And they're tr- trying to travel the country in a shitty-ass car and sleeping in it. And then, dry, you know, like, just crazy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But still pushing forward, still pushing forward. Yeah. Making those sacrifices, trying hard for that. I don't know. Uh, it just I- depends on where you want to go for certain things and what you want. Uh, comedian things a little bit different than yeah. certain other things, I guess. Uh, well, Mike, let's, let's rewind. Let's uh, let's throw the same question out your way. Like, uh, what's uh, what would your ideal be? I don't really have anything specific uh, that I can really think of and pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a general sense of like doing something for entertainment. It's like when we did the LWA stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) LWA, Lethal Wrestling Alliance, was a wrestling thing that we We used to do. Yeah, we used to do production for Uh, a pro wrestling show. Independent wrestling. And I love doing that. So doing doing the behind the scenes stuff was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. One, doing stuff that I could do on my own to kind of produce a little bit, doing some video editing stuff. Uh, Then two, working with a group of people. To collaborate like storylines and different stuff like that. Everybody kind of working together, do their jobs, find out funny shit, entertaining stuff. And then eventually bringing that like to a stage was awesome. To a live crowd. Like that was so much fun mm-hmm. just doing that. Building and, and collaborating of, with others. Right. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it, 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 it could be, so it could be doing 
anything that like a live show or something. Hell, I could see myself doing something as uh, like, hey, I'm going to go try out for the Muni shows, you know, which is a, a place here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. the, live at the Muni. And I could see myself doing that, dancing around and singing, you know, doing live performances, something entertainment like that. It's a lot of fun. Or it could be something like making movies, you know, that would be a lot of fun. Even if it wasn't, I'm not even saying like, Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, It could be like even just doing podcasts and stuff. Uh, I've definitely thought about different ways of trying to create a niche, something that could be popular, but really... What I love most is right here. What we're doing now. I thought about a lot on Wednesday this week. I'm like, man, what the fuck do I really want? Like out of a podcast? What would I commit to? What do I enjoy the most about the podcast I listen to? Any of them that I've done? Where I would want to go? What I want to do? It's really just this. What we've just done right now. Mm-hmm. Um recommending podcasts to people and doing them I think is awesome because this conversation we I think all three of us could have had without sitting down in a microphone in front of us having headphones maybe but most likely I don't think we would have because just having the microphone in front of you the headphones on that you have to sit here we're going to talk about something this is the focus and this is the only focus like that's something awesome and you you get to know people a little more than just, oh, we're going to hang it. Just hanging out. It's just in a room hanging out. We could be in this room right now without the mic- microphones in front of us. Mm-hmm. I don't think the conversation would have went this way. Um... So I wouldn't have sat here this long. I would have went on smoked multiple times, mm-hmm. you know, so. And that naturally changes the ebb and flow of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So just being, have, just being able to have the opportunity to move around. And talk to other people. Mm-hmm. But no, we have, we're have we going to talk, us three. It does make for a good podcast just to just talk about... you ne- When you narrow the subject matter a mm-hmm. little bit and just really like fo- zero in on something, you're right. You, it opens up. You, you tend to open up a little bit more about right. stuff that you wouldn't talk about otherwise. I do agree that Tim... What Tim is kind of leaning towards is like, we probably would have ended up talking about this because... I feel like he needed to get that some of that those feelings off of his chest or off of his mind or whatever, mm-hmm. like get it out yeah. in the world. You know, yeah. it does help to like I've always bounced stuff off of certain family members or certain friends when something's really fucking bothering me. You got to get out of your head. Yeah, you got because you drive. That's how you drive yourself crazy. You're just like, well, fucking this thing leads to this thing leads to this thing, and I'm fucking stuck. You know. I think if I if I had my ideal, um, it's it's hard to pin it on any one particular thing. I like I like playing music. I like uh, I like I like doing the podcast. I like doing this three D printer stuff that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I'm building a wood shop in my garage. I like I've discovered I really like making things, and I think it basically all stems down to if if I could do. Oh, I like to write. I'm not very good at that either. I'm probably worse at writing than I am podcasting. (laughs) But uh, if it all comes down to it, like if I could figure out a way to make a living doing any one of those things, 
and again, it's like same same boat as you, Chris. If if just to pay the bills, like mm-hmm. if I could make what I make now even a little less, then I could totally jump on that and be content and be satisfied. But with all those interests, I think basically what it all boils down to, like writing writing a song, you're kind of telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, doing this podcast, like long form, like this, you're telling a story, kind of autobi- autobiographical. Um, and maybe trying to get other people to think and to feel something as a response, um, making things either with a 3d printer or, um, like in a wood shop, like showing people how to do things. Even that tells a story. Like you've take, you've taken one piece of something and turned it into something else. So it harkens back to when you introduce yourself to somebody and it's like, Oh, well, what do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a software engineer, but it's like, I'm not really a software engineer or that's not how I want to introduce myself. Yeah. You'd rather introduce yourself as an artist, right? Yeah. Kind of. I think that'd be a good way. Okie dokie hipster. Well, I think that, <laughs> we'll see. That's the thing is like, you, oh, I'm just kidding. is it? I'm I, kidding. Yeah, I know. I know. Not, yeah. Not necessarily artist. maybe a little more, Maybe even a little more douchey than that. Creator. Yeah, creator. Um, Finding the right word that is not artist or creator or whatever mm-hmm. that sounds like not douchey to call yourself. Like, that's that something I was going to ask both of you guys is, since you both would rather be, and, and me as well, would rather be creating something or making some, you know, collaborating with others or whatever... Do you find it hard to call yourself an artist? Like, is it hard to say that? I think artist is... Artist might be too broad. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I think you call yourself an artist when you don't know what else to call yourself. It's not... I, I, I don't think it's that it's... It, there is a level of pretentiousness to it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of... It's a bland adjective. Do you think that the struggle to balance your work and the stuff that you really want to do on the side is... Uh, I kind of like view it as uh, the the struggle of the artist that has been forever. Mm-hmm. Is like... You you make close to nothing on what you do for so long because that you fucking... You're just working in the trenches, man. Mm-hmm. For years and years and years until it finally pays off. If you're lucky. I think that was true a long time ago. And to a certain extent, it's true now. Mm-hmm. But I think in order to in order to not, not succeed as a quote-unquote artist in this day and age with all the opportunities you have available to you and the low cost you can do it at, I feel like if you are failing at this point, you're either... You're not really making the right content that you were meant to create, mm-hmm. like because it's just not finding a resonance, or you're not putting the adequate work into it. But should you, if if you feel like it's your calling, if like if that's what makes you feel fulfilled, even if it is not catching on, should you just stick with that, or should you? I feel like, like I said, I don't put a box and I never put an endpoint or anything like that on what I do. I kind of keep it open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, 
I definitely play a, I've played a bunch of different kinds of uh, rock and roll in my day or whatever. Um, I feel like to do what I I don't know I, I, I guess I would say I don't compromise you know just to the, uh, my what I feel like is working for me to just like get what everybody else thinks is great. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know if that has led to me to being an unsuccessful artist in the end. I think, but I, 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 I really haven't compromised. I definitely down the line. I definitely think there are cases where people are kind of deluding themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure when you reach that line. Yeah, maybe the line is when you realize or when you start to think that maybe you're act- maybe you when you have the thoughts that maybe you're actually not that good mm-hmm. and you don't want to put in the effort to make yourself better <laughs> you just you're just content to be where you are and let it ride yeah is when like you have to start thinking about well maybe you just really suck at it yeah you may you definitely can't live with contention you know or be content in what you do contentment. You, you contentment you have to constantly i feel like as as a uh, artist you have to be riddled with self-doubt at all times <laughs> i am for sure everything that i do i doubt it to the point it comes out and then afterwards forever oh my, <laughs> I, I forgot to ask you the follow-up question of what do you think's uh holding you back from oh sorry about that i probably did that from living the dream of like you didn't give like a solid answer but uh like some kind of entertainment or production type thing what's uh what do you think's holding you back from it if anything no um i don't know i mean as far as time goes there's a time constraint of and part of that can be an excuse because of work and also with my daughter mm-hmm. um if i would say like quitting my job to do something i mean to do something different mm-hmm. even if it wasn't for entertainment to do something else like oh i would like to be a teacher or something making that sacrifice compared to like the amount of money i make and like i said so doing what i do as an electrician it's not really what i want to be doing it's not like the end all be all. i'd love to do this but i don't think i said like it's not horrible like i don't absolutely hate like going to my job there's yeah. definitely things i do enjoy about my job so it's not just thing i like just hate but uh i don't i don't really know what would be really holding me back except uh I don't know. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a uh, failure or, you know, I don't know. Fear, don't of, know failure. fear of failure is a strong one. I yeah, think, but uh, I think there's more. There's definitely a feel of fear of failure, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's most of it. I think there's some of that with me. Some of it's just that I just need to be better at creating content. I need to be better. I need to learn to be better on a microphone. I need to become a better writer. Um, the other thing is that... I need to be able to get off my ass. And I'm I'm always I'm almost always doing something. But there are times where it's I'll check my phone and I'll be on my phone for 10 15 minutes or 
I'll be watching something on TV that I've already seen before, and all the all that time just adds up, and that's like what how that maybe that's four hours a week mm-hmm. between the phone and watching something that I don't really need to be watching that I could have devoted to something else. So it's like kind of a it's an idle laziness because mm-hmm. I just have idle time and I'm not using it to the best extent that I could. I think is where mine is. I think that's a good starting point to reevaluate how you're going to approach. Yeah, and like I said, time constraint for me is absolutely an excuse. There's time for me to do shit and make stuff done. Mm-hmm. There's just some time constraint as far as going to work. That's one, just in general. Uh, and then with my daughter, but there's a lot of time I do have that I could be doing other stuff. But then there's a lot of stuff I do enjoy doing, like just binge watching some on Netflix. So I don't know. But then take that and be like, I can't do that and then complain about like, I wish I did that. Oh. I don't generally think I do that unless mm. uh, unless you guys think I do. Then I, I, so. I'm not seldom enough. Yeah. <laughs> I seldom hear you say anything like uh. that. I do hear. I, I don't know how well this relates, but I do. I do hear a lot of comedians on August say that they never watch comedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess like that's their version of not wasting time seeing other people do what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like the being idle. They're they're not being idle. They're constantly thinking of their own shit. That yeah. they should have. Comedians don't want to see other comedians all the time, so they don't want to oh, end we'll up be being like them. Yeah. Accidentally steal a bit, but it's yeah, they don't want to even be like them as, as well. Yeah. Just their cadence and things they do. And I think that's that that you can that can also go to like dangerous levels though, because I don't. It's it's kind of like I, I've I've heard of uh, authors. They'll get asked like, "Who's your favorite?" Uh, Who's your favorite writer? It's like, oh, I don't read. Yeah. Because of the same thing. Like, they don't want to be influenced mm-hmm. by somebody else's stuff. It's like everybody's influenced to something, to yeah. some degree. So, like, yeah. I think I think if you're not consuming material um, that's kind of in your wheelhouse, you're doing yourself a disservice to becoming a better. Sure. You're, you're, you should be expanding your boundaries uh, intake-wise while also creating as much as possible yeah we're doing your craft as much as possible mm-hmm. whatever that is uh and if you're a writer and you're not constantly writing and um taking in what other people are doing and having the world influence you then you're definitely doing it wrong <laughs> so and but that comes from a non-writer so don't take my word for it i mean i'm a writer that doesn't write I've got yeah like a hundred something pages and i haven't touched it in damn four months or something like that uh, and yeah, and ho- I hope that you are able to find the balance to fucking jump back on that train, man. Me too. I think this is a good place to uh, start wrapping up. So hopefully, my uh, midlife crisis <laughs> maybe sparks some sparks some questions in your minds. Maybe what do you want to do with your life? Don't be a web developer. <laughs> be, a web de- be a web developer. Be like, I really like being a web developer. I just like being a web developer when it's stuff that I want to develop <laughs> and not stuff that I have to develop for a paycheck. There's uh there's something to be said for that. Like mm-hmm. Chris likes to be a musician, but if most of his days spent writing meow mix jingles, then 
team. I'm having a fucking blast. Well, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're right. I, if, if I was writing, uh, let's say I was playing in a band that liked to play Sublime covers for nine years, I would not enjoy that after a while. Especially towards the tail end. <laughs> I think I think a good question for anybody to ask themselves is if you're if you're not content, what's not making you content? Try to identify what the problem is, and within reason, what would help eliminate that problem? And what's what's your own blockers? I want to thank Mike for being on, and I want to thank Chris for being on. Thanks for having me. On. And uh, thank you for also having me on. So yeah, I want to uh, go around the table and. Instead of what you do for a living, identify yourself by what you would like to be known for. I'm Tim Pickerel, and I'm a storyteller. I'm Chris Nays, and I'm a musician. I'm Mike Dapper, and I'm an entertainer. I do like the sound of Tim the Storyteller. I don't hate Tim the Programmer, but there's a piece of me that just comes alive at the idea of the Storyteller. With myself, I almost picture Tim the Programmer being the profession of the mind, while Tim the Storyteller is more the profession of, I don't know, I'm not much of a spiritual person, but yeah, I guess spirit, I guess you could say, soul if you'd prefer. I mentioned at the opening that I got to know Chris when I was in college. I recorded his band's album as my senior project to graduate. But as you know, I'm a programmer by trade. I started college with the goal to get a bachelor's in computer science. Why? Well, it's what my parents did. It was something that I was exposed to early on, and it turned out I had some aptitude for it. But I burned out on it. I was, however, having a good time recording music with my friends on a Tascam 4-track and making silly songs. So when I transferred to a university, I changed my major to audio production. I liked playing music, and I liked the idea of recording and mixing music. I had decided that I was going to be a recording engineer and maybe a producer down the road. So what happened to Tim the producer? Well, during the time I was recording Chris's band's album, I had an internship somewhere else as a web developer. Most of the students in the program tended to take internships at a studio or radio station or something like that for the last credit to graduate, an unpaid internship. Meanwhile, I was making $14 an hour as a web development intern four days a week, and I wasn't about to quit that job just so I could make coffee for people in a radio station for credit. So I opted for the seemingly less traveled path, the Senior Overview Project. That's where you submit a professional audio project idea that you've come up with on your own, and if it's approved, it's on you to make it and get it done. I also realized that I would never make as much money working in a recording studio as I would as a web developer or a software engineer. And when you are in your early 20s and you're used to making six to seven dollars an hour making sandwiches, that becomes a completely different motivator. And I've been Tim the Programmer ever since. So do I regret my choices, especially in the wake of this extended feeling of burnout? It certainly seems like I was questioning them in this episode, and I think questioning is fine. But regret? No. No regrets. Upon reflection, I realized that had I not bailed on my computer programming degree initially, I'd never have learned what I know about audio and video production, which further improved by getting to practice it in the real world with the wrestling show that Mike had mentioned. And 
I got to work with my friends and make new friends that to this day are like a second family. Now on the flip side, had I not continued with my career in web development, I'd never have landed the job where I'd meet Sarah, who years later would then become my girlfriend and then wife, and is always there to support me either through my silly podcast venture or when I'm feeling down at work. I also realized that without both the media production and the developer background, I probably wouldn't have had the wherewithal to create the beginnings of our podcast network, where I get to be Tim the producer pretty much all the time and on my own terms. And because I'm able to make this podcast and put it out there for you, however few of you there may be, I'm able to be Tim the storyteller. Tonight, Tim the producer will be doing some work on this episode. Tomorrow, I go back to being Tim the programmer for the better part of the week. All the stresses that delayed this episode and that caused me to feel completely drained will still be waiting for me. When I go in on Monday, though, I think I'm going to have a renewed appreciation for Tim the Programmer. And I always appreciate you taking the time to listen. Send your thoughts and feedback to me at beardvsevil at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at beardvsevil. For more information on this podcast, as well as Chris's Bacon and Nays podcast and my podcast with Mike, The Watchers on the Couch, visit onyxedgestudios.com. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.